Hey, everybody. Welcome to Sunday service, August 21st, 2022. If you if you didn't know by now, the year is almost over. It's kind of crazy. Um, and by the way, in one month from today, interest rates are going to go up again, a full percentage, which actually um, is not a great situation, right? Because a lot of people like on Bigger Pockets and Ken McElroy and a bunch of my buddies are like, oh, the market's not going to crash. The market's not going to crash. Guys, I don't know what a market crash looks like, feels like, smells like, but if your listings triple, right, the amount of available properties on the market triples or even quadruples within a couple of months timeframe, and then you also start seeing properties drop 10, 15%, when do you start calling it a crash? What do you think, Cody? I think the technical on calling it a crash is if prices drop more than 20%, but I don't know if that's in a year. Is that not right? 100% prices of houses are going to drop 20% in a 12 month time frame. You think so? I mean, bro, we've, we're already seeing it on flips. Uh, Jamil is seeing it on his flips. How many active listings have we, what does MLS show you? Can you pull up MLS? Yeah, let me. Tell got, me, can you tell me how many active? That's all right. Can you tell me the active listings we had in January and now how many active listings we have right now, just in Maricopa? I already months. know from January because I've been watching it every month. Uh, back back at the beginning of the year, we had like 38, it was about 3,800. 3,800 listings, active properties on the MLS. That's all we had was 3,800. Yeah. Holy shnikes. I've never seen it that low before. And just for just for context, I, I, I worked as a real estate agent back in, shoot, this is probably like 2015, 2016. And normally I remember logging in to the Arizona Multiple Listing Service and seeing 14 to 17,000 listings. That was that was pretty normal. So like seeing it from that, you know, some years ago, that low all the way up to or, or that at that number and seeing it all the way down to 3,800 was pretty, pretty crazy. Like I, it was honestly absurd seeing that to me. And as of today, we're at 19,684. Okay. All right. N think about this guys. And we'll tie it into what we're doing, what you guys should be doing, all that kind of stuff. I mean, I'm neither one of the, like, I'm not the salacious guy. There's a guy on YouTube called Reventure. Oh my yeah. gosh, that guy has never done a positive video in his entire life. Doom and gloom. I watched one of his videos and I was like, I, I, I can't watch those again because it made me think so negatively that it would make me want to not take action if I watch that every day. Yeah, but what, what, do you, what, what he does is he goes, he basically goes and finds minute data points in markets and does an entire YouTube video on it. Yeah. And then he gets people excited and they go, I need to have access to this data. What, is, what, do, what does he do for a living? YouTube? He, no, he sells data. He sells real estate analysis data and he does consulting on real estate analysis. <laughs> Doom and gloom, guys, will get you way more views, way more clicks than you'll ever have somebody going, oh my gosh, I just did a deal. People couldn't give a shit whether yeah. you did a deal or not. They're like, yo, I want to hear how everything crashed and burned. I'm, I want to justify my situation in life. And I want to hear other people talking negatively so I don't feel so bad about myself. It's a weird human thing, man. It's crazy. Sorry for cussing. Loved company. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, if you guys are watching him, he actually is really good. He's articulate. What I do like about him, I'll give him some compliments because I don't just want to be the guy talking schmack. But I do like that he is consistent. Most people trying to build a brand aren't consistent. This guy's consistent and he's consistent at talking schmack. All right. Ooh, I got to watch that. The Dodge Ram charger is a, is how SUVs used to be. All right, cool. I'm into that. Let's do um reventure. Okay. So two days ago, home sales collapse to a 10 year low realtors, realtors freaking out. Class. Gosh, this guy's great. I need this in my, I need to be this guy. Joined as an R, a Reventure channel member, Redfin Homes. Okay, so 
Um, if you go to his website, um, which I'm, I'm okay. I want everybody selling a product, right? As long as it's help helping people and whatnot. But this dude gets a lot of views by reading public data, but making it the last video he posted has realtors freaking out in brackets. <laughs> I mean, damn, that's crazy. Right? I think there are realtors that are freaking out though in his defense. So it's like looking at that, there are definitely realtors that are freaking out. It's the ones that have gotten into the business and business has been easy. It's been yeah. easy for real estate agents these last couple of years. Yeah. It's, um, it's amazing actually. Um, if you guys like stuff like that, I, I just, I'm curious where that energy and that vibration takes you the rest of the day. Like if you're watching that type of content around the, around the real estate market, what that, what that asshole and what Dave Ramsey should be. And I say asshole lovingly, sorry, I, I shouldn't be cussing on Sunday service. So what that he's very smart. He's articulate. He's a great marketer. He's amazing. And I don't hate him for any of that stuff. I don't hate him at all. Okay. I understand his business model. His business model is like McDonald's isn't trying to be a health, healthy fast food joint. You know what I'm saying? Like they're just leaning into exactly what they are. This, this guy goes, he looks at the market, he goes, okay, what are the videos getting the most clicks? And, and this is why every freaking, um, and even our team is now doing this on YouTube. It's why every thumbnail is this. <laughs> right? It's like, oh, because they've scientifically, scientifically proven that us idiots will click on that over somebody going like this. It's pr scientifically proven how stupid we are as human beings that we will rather click on <laughs> versus, <sighs> right? Nobody wants good news. They want bad news. They want to justify their crappy situation in life and why they haven't done anything with it. So I don't hate him for that. He's leaned into it and he's clicked around. And he goes, oh, this is, oh, this is great data. Oh my gosh. The people that get the most views are the ones that are selling despair, hate, envy, death, everything. I'm going to get better at that. And you know what? He's genius. He's genius for doing it. And I don't hate him, but I'm just letting you guys know if you were a Dave Ramsey fan, why is Dave Ramsey not teaching people how to make money instead of, you know what, guys, you guys need to go to your nine to five job, work on getting a promotion and save your money. It's like teach these people how to make a couple a couple extra bucks every month. You never, you ever hear Dave Ramsey breaking down another business model? No. And, and I think the thing that when you look at a Dave Ramsey, it's like, he's just leaning into that market, which mm -hmm there are significantly more people that are just a total financial mess than there are people that are willing to take action to make a little bit more money by something that they're going to learn. So I think right. he's just, you know, really fully leaned into that and, and looking at our venture as well, you know, how, how do you, how do you roll that, you know, pace for somebody, somebody that's watching, like there's, I, I saw at the beginning, there's a couple of people that are like, this is my first Sunday service ever. How do you roll that information of someone that is they, they've now watched that content? They're watching this doom and gloom in the real estate world. Where do we take it from there? It's actually, you know, roll that into something positive. Like, you know, here getting on at the beginning, people are like, the market's going to drop 20 percent. I'm just starting my journey. Like, should I even be doing this? Because I'm sure there's people that are thinking that now, you know. I'm more I'm more excited about the current market than I was a year or a year and a half ago when you and I were, we could make the worst decisions on buying a fix and flip and still make money. Our team could still go over, pro, uh, over project budgets and we still make money. Right. All, all that stuff is, was very true. Um, and fixing and flipping is going to be more challenging for the next year, maybe two years. See, I this is what I like about Dave Ramsey right here. Raphael, okay, thank you for pointing this out. Dave Ramsey helped me get my stuff together. Sunday service teaches me to build, build real wealth. So I really like Dave Ramsey. I tell people all the time, I like 99% of what Dave Ramsey says. What I just feel like he's missing is teach people how to make more money. The next right? stage. Like it should be like Dave Ramsey, like, all right, you finished Financial Peace University. You're not a financial disaster Stage two, financial wealth university. Let's build wealth now. 
I'm, I'm what I wonder if he has any of that kind of stuff. Like, okay. Um, cause I'm working on Asher's channel right now to talk about like trailer rentals an e-com store, YouTube aut automation. We're going to do like a candy vending machine thing. Looking, we're currently looking at a laundromat, looking at a whole bunch of like side hustles for younger people to get into. Yeah. And I'm like, a lot of these don't really even cost that much money to get into. And then I look at like wholesaling, like getting your hands on a wholesale deal costs nothing to get into. It's like, why isn't he teaching those types of things? Right. Right. Um, but anyway, the reason why he's not teaching those things is because he's figured out his niche and he's a great marketer, a great marketer and reventure uh, consulting is also a wonderful marketer. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. But I just want you guys to, uh, Pam Clary says, do you want a hula lounge? I don't know what that is. Is it a bunch of, hookah. I think she means hookah lounge. Uh, no, I want nothing to do with something that I know nothing about. I know nothing about who do you know about hookah lounges? I I've been to some hookah lounges and like, it's cool for about 15 minutes until you're smoking the, the hookah and then you get like a headache and then it's like, why am I still here? But mm. no hate to those that like to go to hookah lounges, but that's just so, my experience. Yeah, like and anybody with brown skin loves hookah, but lounges, that's yeah. all there is to it. <laughs> Not wrong. Um, I was at, uh, what's his name? Uh, Carlos Reyes and his partner. What's his name? Uh, Sal. Sal's I was here. at Sal's house and they just like have hookahs laying, laying around. Oh, and I'm, yeah. like, I'm like, what's up with this dude? And he's like, bro, this is brown skin, skin life. This is what we do over here. I'm like, all right, <laughs> sounds good. Um, so here, here's a, here's a, a question that I really like. So Ryder Tarantino here, look, Cody, let me, let me think about vending machines as a business for just a moment. Okay. Yeah. Think about it. And I want you to answer these questions. I want you to rate them from zero to 10. Okay. All right, let's do it. Zero, zero to 10. And, um, hold on. Let me, let me make sure that I can give everybody the, this view. Okay. So number one, um, let's, judge this on the physical nature of the business in terms of physical business, phys physical nature. Like I have to get out, leave my house, go fill the vending machines, go buy the stuff, go to Costco, you know, deal with the quarters, go change, you know, the physical nature of this business of vending machines. Would you say this is a zero or would you say this is a 10 or somewhere in between? I would say like, cause you're not doing it every day, you know, it could be a little bit less physical, but I would say it's a six or seven if you're doing it solo and that's your venture and you have a bunch of them, you're running around, you're, you're stocking them, you're collecting quarters, you're going to the bank, depositing at the bank. Obviously you could scale it to a point where you could have someone do that for you, but most people won't, they're going to have it as their, their side hustle route. You know, right, because vending machines is not. I wouldn't look at vending. I don't. Have you ever like ran into people at our real estate meetups that are? I'm like, how'd you get all your money for your down payments? They're like, oh, dude, vending machines. I'm crushing it on vending machines. No, no. I had my my dad had a client of his in his business that did vending machines, and he had like sixty or seventy of them, and made decent money. I think he was netting maybe sixty, seventy grand a year. But it's oh like, my that's gosh, a, that's a lot of vending machines. That's a lot of vending machines. He must have had employees and overhead. So your yeah, physical, yeah. your your rating on this is it's on a on a physical level is six to seven. Okay. Yeah. Um. Let's look at like. Let's look at let's compare this to let's say we'll do a column right here for, right here is vending machines, and I'm not saying it's not a good business model. I'm just saying let's compare it to real estate. Okay. Like. Let's say wholesaling cash or creative deals, right? Mm -hmm. How physical in nature is wholesaling cash or creative finance deals? I mean, physical. I mean, if you could do it all from home, so like negative one. Okay. Neg oh, I like that answer. That was really good. A negative one. You could literally do it all from home. You don't even have to have a car. Okay. Yeah. You don't have to have, um, you don't even have to be 16 years old. You could literally wholesale as a 14-year-old, right? Yeah. Tyler said he talked to a seller uh, that has 160 machines and only netting 2000 a month. Uh, yeah. Okay. The, great. Okay. So the second thing I want to talk about on this, the second question is um, barrier to entry. Okay. 
what is the barrier to entry level? What would you, what would you say? A zero to 10, zero to 10. Where would you put this on the level of like barrier of entry 10 being incredibly hard? Like you have to go to medical school for 16 years would be a 10. A zero um, would be like, I don't even have to have teeth in my mouth to do this. <laughs> Vending machine, I would say is a uh, zero. Like there's not really. There, much bro, barrier. what about the cash to buy the shit? I guess. All right. All right. Let's call it a two or a three because you can, you know, put it on your credit card or your mom's credit card and you could buy a used vending machine. Okay. But what about low, what about getting a vending machine? You have to then go get a helper to put it in the back of a truck. You have to go then close somebody on, Hey, that's what true. Do you they need to have, you know, you need to be able to get it there. Yeah. You know, Somebody has to have at least a driver's license. Yeah, like I would say it's like so 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 hard, but maybe five. Okay, we'll do we'll do a five. Okay, I like I like a five because it's like um, you you know just bare minimum. Like if you're a normal human that like you you have like a driver's license, you can talk to other humans coherently and sometimes be able to convince them to do something with you. Like you'd probably have a decent shot at getting a vending machine in some uh, some location. Okay, so barrier to entry for cash creative wholesaling deals. Uh, I mean, as far as the actual monetary, you could do YouTube University, which people are listening in right now to that is not much. It's really just the education level. And like you could, you know, you can just go and, you know, look for deals and bring potential deal opportunities to people that are smarter than you and help have them help you structure them. So the barrier to enter to get started, I would say maybe three to four, because it's not, there's not a big barrier. There's just the, the mental barrier that people have to overcome of like, I can go and find someone to help me get these deals done. And like just themselves getting out of their own way, I feel like is the biggest barrier to entry on this. Cause once, if someone has the knowledge, they can just go and take action on it and start making money without it costing them a bunch of money. But that would be, that would also be the same here, right? All of the, all of the mindset stuff of like, can I come up with the money? Can I go convince somebody to let me have a spot for their thing? And somebody's not going to break into my vending machine, you know, all the mindset stuff, like, is somebody going to go around me in my real estate deal? Same is the same as is somebody going to break through the glass on my vending machine and steal all my Snickers? You know what I'm saying? Like it's the same thought process. I feel like the barrier to entry here is definitely five. I would assume that the barrier to entry here is probably a one, maybe a two at most. Yeah, it's definitely lower. It's just, you know, there, there are some mental hurdles that people have to, to overcome. And, and just for a side note, for people thinking I'm laying on the floor, this is just in Costa Rica. They decided to. Put the I legit, floor. I legit thought you were laying on the floor for the first thirty <laughs> seconds. No, this is normal here, I guess. I love it. All right, so um, third one, final one, okay, is profitability. Okay, your profit, your ability to make m money, low barrier to entry, and it, it, is it really physical or can really anybody do it? Right. Mm -hmm. So profitability on a vending machine. Uh, I mean, in my opinion, like I, I, I wouldn't get out of bed for the money that people make on vending machines. So that's like a one. I'm going to give it a one as well. I, I was going to do a zero to one. Yeah. On the wholesale side, um, the wholesale side, cash or creative deals, I would give that a 10. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, it's not the thing that you're going to make the most money on for the rest of your life. Yeah. Because at some point, the problem with this is that, ooh, this here's a here's the fourth rating. Here, the fourth rating, final. Is it scalable? Mm. Okay, can I scale it? Can I hire employees? Can I step away from it? I'm going to tell you guys a little secret that a lot of people are not going to like. Okay, vending machine. Is it scalable? Is it is there enough profit margin that I can hire employees and step away and literally never touch that business ever again? On the one to 10? Yeah, one to 10. What are you thinking? I would say a four or five because it can be done, but it's just the margins are so low on the profitability side. It's like, is it worth it for that? But you'd it have to have 17,000 machines. Yeah, it's like you need so much, you know, so it's like for, for the amount that you have to do, it's like there's a better there's a better vehicle to get in. And it's like, these are vehicles that we're talking about. It's like you have a Ferrari or you can like get in like the 1970 like beat up, 
car and it's like what if you have a choice of vehicles like pick the one that's going to help you get to your goal faster right so i would say on the wholesale side i'm going to give this is the answer that a lot of people are not going to want to hear i'm going to give this on a scale of zero meaning impossible to scale impossible meaning you you're never stepping away from this business at all all the way to a 10 which is this business could run entirely by itself. You never have to check in on it. You just have awesome operators. I'm going to give wholesale a six. I was going to say six, six and a half. And the reason for this now, here's where it changes is once you go from wholesale to um, buy and hold a buy and hold, I would say legitimately you could get to a nine or 10 on that model. I would say 10 all day. Like, yes, you will have the issues of, you know, things that just happen in a buy and hold model of, of doing business, but you can have a team that handles all of that. Yeah. And you, you can infinitely scale that. Yes. Infinite scalability here for buy and hold. Wholesale, Cody, why would you say wholesale is hard to, um, hard to scale? So... Well, one of the things is like, again, like I look at opportunity vehicle as well on it and like wholesale, your wholesale company isn't going to be something that you grow and sell as in and sell, you know, sell your business to another investor. It's not worth anything. All it is is just a marketing and sales organization. So that's one of the things um, and <laughs> paces thing. Salespeople suck. So, you know, have, like the constant churn of salespeople in a wholesale business is not really that ideal. Um, and that's horrible. Yeah. It's, it's it's, legitimately the hardest part of running a wholesale operation is that the main component. Okay. The main component in a wholesale operation, Cody and I have done these videos on conveyor belt is that step number one, you can automate Cody on in, in terms of leads. Can you automate to a level 10 scale, a level 10 by, um, focusing, or I'm sorry, can you focus, can you scale your lead generation can you automate your your lead generation to a level 10 i'd say maybe you could get it to a nine or ten yeah okay like nine to ten can get there yeah the, I, and the reason it's not just a, a set 10 is you as you know the the competent owner probably needs to just be checking in on industry trend trends of what's working good for lead generation you know every yes now and this now. changes i'd say that it, it cycles all the time three yeah. to six months right yeah. You might have texting that works better today. Te uh, cold calling works better today, but like it's easy to turn those on and off. Right. Yeah. So yeah. for anybody that doesn't know our lead generation, we go through a company called start virtual. Um, I am an investor in this company. Start virtual is who we use for our cold calling and our texting sellers. Okay. This was a game changer for us. Huge. Absolutely huge. So the other two components to a wholesale business. You've got to generate leads. You then have to convert those leads. And then you have to sell that deal to a buyer, which would be a lot of people call that disposition. Yep. This right here, this is the number one most challenging part of a wholesale operation to scale to anything past a five. Like it's crazy. What you're dealing with is you have to hire people who are kind of have the entrepreneurial bug, right? Mm -hmm. By the way, somebody just, just uh, told me the other day, they said, um, entrepreneurs have a demon that has possessed them, that they wake up in the morning and they're driven no matter what. Doesn't have, a video doesn't have to be sent to them. Nobody has to yell at them, bark at them. No external thing has to give them any motivation. It's the gremlin, the demon inside of them that just wants to go and make things happen. Would you say that that's pretty accurate with yourself? Yeah. It's like, if I had to like, you know, it's like point somewhere on your, uh, it's like, if I had to point, so it's like, where does that come from? It's like this, like energy, just like in, it's just internal. It's, impo it's impossible to describe to somebody who doesn't have the demon. Yeah, it's just like it's something that's just inside that's just always going. And like, even if you like try to be like, you know, I'm going to just like try to shut it off for a little bit. It just like kind of just like peaks its head up and it's like, I have an idea, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, 
then your mind goes and you're like, shit. So um, I, it was injured. The person who told me this, it was Ross from Connected Investors. I just met him two weeks ago at uh, Grant Cardone's office. And he sold his business. He ended up netting in his pocket um, multiple, 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 multiple um, eight figures. Okay, netting after taxes, everybody's paid. Um, some people are, some people don't like the word that I, the, I use the word demon guys don't get hung up on the word too much. Okay. It's just an analogy. Okay. It doesn't mean that you are a demon. Okay. It's an analogy. It's okay to use analogies. Just relax, just relax. Okay. Um, he says the goal was I'm just going to, I'm done. We're going to go buy a house in, in the mountains in North Carolina. He moved to Asheville, North Carolina. He's got 50 acres. They have like four houses on the property and he's been doing that for two or three months. And then he goes, dude, the demon just keeps waking up inside of me. It's not, has nothing to do with money. It has nothing to do with money. It has to do with this insatiable desire to succeed and grow and learn and become the best version of yourself. So this is the challenge, okay? This is also the challenge is that when you look at the acquisition per people that are needed for a business to scale, these acquisition people right here also, in order to be great closers, have to have a drive inside of them, okay? That drive, you can call it an angel. You can call it the Holy Spirit. You can call it whatever you want to call it. Sorry for using the word demon, okay? So they have to have this drive. Otherwise, you will be begging them to make their phone calls every single day. And every, every day that you're talking to a salesperson, they're like, well, Pace, the leads, and Cody, the leads, and Pace, the this, and the such and such. Like, bro, you haven't made more than 12 calls a day for the last 30 days. That's your problem. And then you realize they just have zero drive, and they probably should have just gone back and worked at the hospital or wherever they were working. The salespeople that you hire in this business are required to have a drive. You cannot train this. You cannot instill this. You cannot change people from a biochemical makeup. You cannot change this. They have to have the drive. And so it's a double-edged sword. That same drive is what makes them want to leave you Take everything you taught them in a three, six, nine-month period and go, thank you so much for cutting my learning curve by five years. I'm going to go do my own thing. And people, you know, inexperienced people, I should say, inexperienced people have an opinion to share about this where they say, well, why don't you pay them more money? Guys, these, these acquisition people make freaking fifteen dollars to $20,000 a month in commission. More money than most S, uh, CEOs at most companies. They make incredible amounts of money. That is not, that is absolutely not what's keeping them or pushing them away. Okay. That is what makes this business of acquisitions um, where you generate leads, you have other people, you hire these people to convert those into contracts. And then disposition, I would say disposition is scalable. Typically, the personality that's really good at disposition is not necessarily somebody that wants to leave. It's this right here. This human being right here makes it impossible to leave the business 100%. Salespeople, okay? So that is the only bad part about wholesale. When you go back to a wholesale and you look at the scalability, it's a six, Still pretty dang good, especially you can use yeah. virtual assistants. That's awesome. There's yeah. enough profit margin in it that you can hire people, okay? It's also incredibly low barrier of entry. You don't need to be licensed. You can go on YouTube. There's all these amazing places you can find people to help you out, especially um, our Facebook group is amazing. And then the physical nature of it is you can virtually wholesale, virtually do deals all over the freaking country. It's crazy. Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a, obviously, you know, it's what a lot of people listen in every week with us is, you know, that's, that is such a great opportunity for people to be able to uh, have that profitability and have the 
low barrier to entry to get involved with. And, you know, the scalability, that's just the, the part that, you know, people have to just decide, like, what is it that you're looking to, to build in your life? You know, is it you just want to have a wholesale business because it can allow you to take home 30 grand, 40 grand a month. And that's your sole goal is just to be able to earn a higher income and then not have to, you know, have another job. Like, so that also comes into play when we're looking at these is it's like, what do, what do people want? Like would five grand a month make someone be stoked enough to just, you know, do that for the rest of their life? Yeah. Like that's the question that people have to ask. And it's like, what, what vehicle again can get you there? Um, I've got uh, something fun. Alexis Morgan um, on Thursday, on Thursday with Alexis Morgan, I will be paying for her entire corporate structure. She reached out to me on Instagram and she said, Pace, I, I'm, I'm low on funds, but I have a deal coming up where I need an LLC. I don't want to buy a deal without an LLC, but I'm kind of strapped for cash. Do you have any creative solutions? I'm like, Alexis, I know you're just, you know, asking me for money. She, she really wasn't. She was just really asking, like, is there a cheap way to do this? And I said, I will pay for your corporate structure on Thursday, but I want to bring as many people into that as humanly possible, okay? So what we're going to be doing is on Thursday, anybody wants to come, I'm going to be walking through and paying for Alexis's perfect corporate structure, meaning I'm going to get her holding company set up and I'm going to get her LLC set up so that she can actually operate her business properly. That's happening on Thursday. I'll teach you guys exactly how to do that. And then Alexis is going to make some money. I mean, you won't make money. You're just going to save you a bunch of money. Um, I'll, I'll create the Zoom link right now so you guys can save it. Um, yeah, very, very cool. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, great. Very, yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, I'm cool. Yeah, I'm very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, does anybody, is anybody else um, convinced that Cody's laying on the floor in a house? What are you guys doing in Costa Rica? Tell me, tell me what you guys are doing there. Uh, I mean, we're gonna we're gonna be surfing a bunch. I mean, I learned to surf last summer here, so we're gonna be surfing more. We're gonna do a waterfall hike. Gonna do some zip lining, and I mean, mainly surfing. That's amazing, dude. Yeah, you freaking be... you freaking kidding me? That's dope. Yeah, yeah. Why, we're, Costa, we're, why Costa Rica? Why not Japan? Why not like Hawaii? Why not you, somewhere in Europe? Why Why do you guys like Costa Rica? It's like there's like multiple things to it. So where we go in Tamarindo, it has some of the best like beginner to intermediate waves where they're just consistent all day long is one of the things because some of those places are better to go surf, but like your boy ain't surfing 10, 15, 20 foot waves. Like I... I, you know, one, I, I don't want to die Two, like, I'm not that ambitious. Like I like to have fun with a little bit of risk, but like, I'm not trying to, you know, wild out and do those, those types of, uh, surfs. But, uh, that's one of the things, the food here is really good. The people are extremely friendly and nice. And, uh, the jungle's awesome too. Like you see monkeys running around, like we're, uh, when we were in the, in the forest doing zip lining, you see monkeys running around, you see sloths climbing up trees, iguanas, and just all sorts of cool wildlife. And honestly, just for the all around, like food being great, it's very similar to the time zone. The biggest reason that we don't go to like Europe that frequent or like to Asia is the time zone is just so different. That would be really hard to be able to communicate with the team back at home. Um, I do plan to disconnect, you know, a decent amount this week, but like, I still want to be able to connect and it not be four in the morning or three in the morning when I have to do that. So the time zone's also a, a big thing. Um, is so it the same time right now? It's an hour ahead. So eight 30 here right now. Nice. Okay, cool. Um, guys in the side comments, you guys will see, I just posted this for Alexis Morgan Thursday, 4 PM, the perfect company setup. It's going to be a zoom. So unfortunately, you guys know how my Zooms go. If I do a Zoom, I have the best Zoom account, okay? The CEO of Zoom doesn't have a, as good of a Zoom account as I do. So do, do not tell me to upgrade my Zoom account. I will karate chop you. I have the greatest Zoom account, okay? We will be setting up her the perfect company setup on Thursday, 4 p.m. You can see it. Somebody's going to ask what day? It's right there on the screen, Thursday. Somebody's going to ask what time? 4 p.m. 
And unfortunately, every time I do one of these Zooms, a thousand people or more come in. So please do not be one of those people that says, Pace, I came at 4.05 and I couldn't get in. I'm not going to answer that DM. I'm getting too old for this. Okay. I'm, 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 I'm near, I'm not the, the four, my forties are knocking on my door. It's happening. I'm going to be turning 40. It's going to happen. Not, not this year, but some year. Okay. So that's happening on Thursday. Just FYI, it is completely free for any of you knuckleheads out there. Like, Oh, are they going to try and sell something? No, we're not trying to sell something. I just want to help Alexis. And I want to show you guys how to do it too. So we can stop having the conversation of how to set up your, your businesses properly. Okay. Um, Cody will probably post more pics on his Instagram than he normally does. He's actually not very consistent. He'll go weeks sometimes without posting on his stories. Yeah. I get into a flow and I'm like, I'm just gonna, I'm just working. And I mean, is that, is that stuff that's actually interesting to people? Like, bro, people are interested in everything. I'm in, I, I don't want to talk to anybody anymore. I just want to see what your stories are telling me you're doing. I'm just like, you see, you can see my calendar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, actually, I don't think I have access to your calendar. Really? Maybe, I, maybe I, think I, you I do. Probably. It was too, there's the problem is when your calendar is on top of my calendar, I can't see anything. It's like, there's too <laughs> many things going on that I'm like, this is, this is chaotic. It's absolutely chaotic. Yeah. Oh, Tony counts is here. Are you kidding me? Come here. Come say hi to Cody. Everyone's harassing my wall. Hey. Hi. <laughs> Naturally, the good. Naturally, the week that I'm out of town, you're in town. I was so sad. Right. <laughs> what? Yeah, that, that's so weird. She's here the whole week, bro. We're having a party on Thursday. It's gonna be great. She's uh, she's there for for a new new hire that's starting tomorrow. So um, I'm we're yeah, super stoked about that. She see so she handles my uh, my all my money, and she sees me make a pay, a, a significant payment on this house every month, and she's coming into town and she's like, "Oh, I'm staying at a hotel." I'm like, "No, you're not. Stay in my guest house." She's like, "She's like, are you sure?" I'm like, "It's the only reason I bought this house is to have a guest house, so people, our team members, our business partners can stay." And then I I also bought the Kia. It's a dope Kia, by the way. Our, what, I saw it's it's legit. It's super bougie. That's okay. We got bikinis here. <laughs> She's gonna be like, "Hey, I'm gonna go get a hotel tonight." <laughs> <laughs> you just got the squad in the studio with you. Yeah, they got they got the squad. I didn't I didn't know Tony was gonna be here at this time. We had like a crazy, crazy, crazy uh, <laughs> storm. I thought her. Oh wow. <laughs> Tony's awesome, huh? Oh, you did? Wow. I thought I was thinking you were going to bring your husband. That's too bad. Um, Arizona. Should we have an Arizona? I think I might have an Arizona sub two party. Should we have a, a sub two party here? Okay, we'll have a sub. Are you okay? My wife looked at me. And she's like, "Are you serious?" Once I'm back, I want to go. Unless it's going to be this week. Then. Thursday. Okay, guys. Thursday, we're going to be doing a party at my house. Thursday night. Why not Friday? Because Tony's leaving on Friday. So we're going to do a party at my house. If you guys are in Arizona, come to my house. Sub two students. I'll give you guys the address in the Facebook group. Um, it'll be a lot of fun. Please don't, please don't bring your hookah, okay? People that 300 people that joined late to the show have no idea what we're talking about, and that's okay. Um, Radatum says, put the address in the in there, in here, you mean? I, eh, eh. Had somebody knock on our door today, had somebody knock on our door two weeks ago. Um, I wasn't home, somebody knocks on our door and goes, Hey, um, so I saw you on TV, and I'm here to see if you wouldn't mind borrowing us or loaning $200. I'm like, you broke into my neighborhood for $200 and you came to bother me for $200? The amount of time you put into this and figuring out where I lived, you could have begged for money on the street for more than $200. It's crazy. Um, Paulina says she'll take a flight. 
Um, oh, I would love to see you guys. We usually have 300 people come to these parties. They're crazy. They get, they get crazy. Like a bunch of, bunch of, do we have alcohol usually at the, these parties? Yeah, there's usually alcohol and there's usually pace jumping off, like fully dressed from like his balcony into the pool. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Non-drinking. I don't drink everybody. Oh, half, yeah. half the people drink, half the people don't drink. We have kids that we bring all that kind of stuff. So sub two students, we'd love to see you guys Thursday. What I'll do is I'll do a zoom at like four to five. And then at five to seven, we'll have tacos and hang out. Can I bring my team? Please? No, <laughs> no sub two students and their, and your spouses and kids only. Okay. I don't want your team there. I'm sorry. I don't know your team. They haven't signed any documents with me to, that they're not going to kill me. You have. Okay. <laughs> very, very important. All right. I'd love to see everybody there. Uh, Melissa Leak says, Pace, I'm too, too bad I'm in Jersey. And I had another meetup in Saddlebrook, uh, New Jersey Marriott Hotel today. Great meetup when you and Jamil visited. We should have, we should have had a, an after party at that time. Yes, we should have. Um, that is, that was a really fun meetup. We ended up having like, I think we ended up having like 500 people show up at this New Jersey meetup. It was crazy, wow. crazy, crazy, crazy. You couldn't, they had to change venues twice. Wow. It was crazy. And then we did a new New York meetup the next day and medium wave Dave got us a rooftop bar in Soho, bro. Oh my freaking gosh. It was so great. It was an amazing meetup. So That's sick. we'd love to see you guys. If you're a sub two student Thursday, my house, five o'clock, we will be doing only two hours, just hanging out for a couple hours, eating, meeting everybody, and then out. I got to fly. I got to, I got to be on set Friday and then I got to fly to speak Friday night. So I don't need to be staying up late. You know what I'm saying? Adriana says, I need a new expense line item to my, on my budget. Quick trip to Arizona. Yeah, you're welcome to come. That's great. Oh, shoot. This is a great point. How far am I from Buckeye? Isn't Buckeye in California? Oh, my God. <laughs> About 45 minutes to an hour. That is your answer for how far from Buckeye. Let's see. Let's Hang see. I, who knows when Who knows Buckeye. when the meetup's happening? Do you know when the meetup's happening on in, or you don't know? But for Keegley, I, I am not aware on that one. Okay. Let's see if I can find this out. Dang it. Yeah. When, once you pull that up, um, was there anything else on the – we wanted to, to rank on that scale of one to 10 from like the vending machines or long. Yes. Why did you like that concept? Oh, yeah. I like that. I think it just gets people thinking because people get like this tunnel vision of like, this is like a thing that I could do, but you know, kind of expanding and like hearing thoughts based mm -hmm. on the actual experience that we've been through on those things. Wednesday. Okay. I, Wednesday, we will be doing a Wednesday meetup at my house, not Thursday. I'm correcting it right now. Somebody's going to say, I heard Pace say Thursday. I'm correcting it right now. Wednesday. Wednesday, 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 my house. Okay. Um, Wednesday, 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 my house. Okay. Uh, cool, cool. Uh, yeah. The other, the other ones I was thinking about, um, so trailer rental. So the trailer rental is something we're actively doing right now. Yeah. Um, uh, let's, let's go back through this. Okay. Here's the rating system. You're going to have to answer on that. Cause I haven't done that, but I'm curious this. Uh, so for those that, that hopped in, we've been rating different opportunity vehicles for people to get into against real estate, you know, whether it's cash creative, like wholesaling, you know, um, and hold, Okay. So, um, oops, my bad. I don't want to do that. So this is, this is, this one's a good one. So physically Asher has not met a single renter at the trailer one time, not a single time, not even in the beginning, we set it up for scalability. So we put up an unlisted YouTube video that explains like where to get the key, what to do this. We have a tracker on the trailer, all that stuff. They're supposed to clean the, the trailer, put it back in their spot. They take a photo and it, it, it's a good little system. The physical nature of this business, I would say is a one. You can legitimately run an entire uh, like heavy equipment op or heavy equipment rental business, never even meeting your clients. You have to have a level of trust though. 
you have to be like, okay, I'm okay with giving somebody a lockbox code to my to the key. Okay, you have to be okay with that. They give you a three hundred dollar non refundable deposit uh, or the refundable deposit once they bring it back. I would say it's a one. Real estate and cash and creative, I would say it's a negative one. What are your thoughts on physical nature of a trailer rental business? Yeah, I, I mean, I would say pretty much that same range. I mean, one to two, just because at some point you had to buy the trailer and then tow it yep. somewhere and place it somewhere. Like there's some physical effort that had to be put in. But after that, it seems pretty, uh, pretty simple. Yes. Okay. Barrier to entry. This one is going to be pretty high. Okay. So I'm going to give it two different ratings. There's two trailers we currently have right now. We have one trailer I paid $12,500 for, and that is a high barrier of entry to most people. Okay. And also you have to have a driver's license to drive that trailer around and do all these things or somebody with the driver's license. So I would say that that one barrier to entry is probably a good six to a seven. However, we have another trailer that we are currently arbitraging from somebody who owned a trailer and wasn't using it. I would say that the barrier entry there is a one to two because you have to at least learn how to convince somebody to let them use your trailer to then let somebody else use that trailer. But zero dollars. And the split for this is 50-50. So they, what we did is Asher and I found somebody that has a trailer. It's been sitting in their side yard. They have a dump trailer, same size as my dump trailer. And they, it sits there. I drive by it every single day. Easy. That's an easy sale. But you still have to at least learn what to say. Okay. What platform do you use? Facebook Marketplace and Craigslist. It is so simple. It's ridiculous. Uh, David Sierra says, yeah, isn't it like 350 a month financed? Yeah, but I'm, I've swiped an American Express on that bad boy and bought it cash. So I don't know. But yeah, basically. Insurance. Uh, my insurance on this is, I think it's four, uh, $400 a year. So it's like a little under 30 bucks or under $40 a month. It's very inexpensive. And my insurance rep knows that we're renting it out. That's the other cool thing about it. They know we're renting it out. They know people are taking it. So what are your thoughts on barrier to entry here, Cody? What do you like? Yeah, so on the barrier to entry, I think, um, yeah, I mean, I, I would even argue that it could on that 12500 because it can be financed, would could even be lower. Like, I feel like it could be a, a four to five. I mean, obviously, if someone has at least decent credit where they could get it financed, um, and then obviously on the arbitrage opportunity, then there's, you know, that one to two, I think on the arbitrage, I think that's an appropriate rating. And I think on the 12, five on the, on the purchase, I would say, you know, because it could be financed that it could be like a four or five. So I'd give it a little bit easier rating because it, I don't think it would be that hard for someone to get financing for 12,000 bucks on something versus, you know, financing a property or financing a car that's like a 40 or $50,000 car or something. Yeah. A lot of people are asking what kind of trailer is it? Let me show you guys real quick. I showed this to uh, the Gator tribe this morning. I did a nice little three hour training. It was great. That was a great, that was a great hangout session this morning. Um, okay. So let's see here. Let's make this full screen for you guys. All right. So um, this is the, these are the trailers right here. I paid twelve five for mine, but now a lot of them are selling for like thirteen, fourteen thousand dollars. So the same ones. Mine's a big Tex, so it's a really good name brand. Seven by fourteen high side. Um, let's see if they have the price. So some of these trailers, nineteen grand, twelve grand. My, so yeah, thirteen, thirteen thousand dollars roughly. Okay, these are the trailers. You want the ones that actually lift. This is what people love. They do not, people are Americans, guys. They don't want to do the physical work themselves of going to the dump. So they go to the dump, but they have a little button inside this little cage right down here and it dumps everything out for them. To them, if you think about it, that alone saves them the labor of hours of taking things and shoveling out at the dump or like putting rocks in and, and shoveling rocks out. It just, what is cool about my trailer too is it lets out a very, little as met as much gravel 
at the a time as you want. So you like open up the back just a little bit and it'll start pouring gravel and you just drive really slowly and it'll spread the gravel for you across the whole property. So it's worth it for $75 to $150. Okay. And, um, we, I, I'm going to tell you guys the truth on this. Asher's lazy. Don't tell her. I don't tell Asher. I told you, okay. He lives in a decent house. He eats decent food. He dresses whatever, however he wants. This dude doesn't need money. You know what I'm saying? He's like some of you guys. He's got the golden handcuffs. Y'all got really good nine to five jobs. Maybe you guys got a sugar daddy, maybe a sugar mama if you're lucky. And you don't have to go and earn money. And so a lot of you guys are sitting there going, well, man, why is my business not taking off? It's like, because you got the golden handcuffs. Your life's too good to make a change. And that's kind of Asher. What he fails to do is he fails to post Facebook ads all the time. And what will happen is he'll go through a lull of like three or four days of no rentals. And I'll go, well, how's the trailer doing today? He's like, oh, nobody's rented it. I'm like, well, when's the last time you posted? He's like, a week ago. I'm like, you have to post three times a day, bro. Three times a day. So um, the, what happens is you end up building a pipeline. So we have one customer right now that rents the trailer. He's like 40% of the business. He comes and rents it for like literally eight, nine days a month, four months in a row. This dude, same like clockwork, right? So Asher goes, oh, perfect. I'll just, this, these are the greatest lessons for kids to learn. Oh, this client is amazing. This is going to go on forever. How many times have we learned this in business, guys? Do not rest on your laurels. So Asher is sitting there. Last month, he netted $1,500. Netted, like after everything, right? Netted $1,500. And I'm like, how many months did, or how many days did you rent it out? And he's like, I, I rented it almost the whole month. But then he started giving people discounts and stuff because they were like, well, how much are you renting it for? And he was desperate to get them to get into the day to rental. So he was discounting it all the way down to 75 bucks when it should be rented for $125. So these are lessons to teach a child of like, you got to keep your pipeline full. You know what I'm saying? So um, these are the reasons why I'm doing it. And um, what I did with Asher is I'm on an 80-20 split with him. Jennifer Bonner says, who's Asher? Great question. Asher is my son. He's 14 years old. Great question. Um, so I'm doing this deal with um, Asher where I'm 80, I'm the investor. So I'm 80% of the income. He's 20% of the income until my original investment is made back. When my original investment is made back, we go to 50-50. And then out of the 50% that he gets, he has to take 50% um, of that. I'm sorry, he has to take 80% of his 50% and invest it into passive real estate for him and his sisters long-term. So it's teaching him how to do things that, you know, I never learned. So I, I also, I think a lot of young men, when they, I was telling the Gators this morning, I think a lot of young men getting older are fearful of getting married because they're so fearful of making money to support a household and children and insurance and all these types of things. And so I'm trying to teach Astra how to take care of those responsibilities from a very, very young age. That's so cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. You and I, you and I learned how to physically do physical blue collar work, which is nothing wrong with it, except it's not scalable. No, not doing it by yourself, not doing it yourself. Not doing it yourself. We were, we were taught, ah, oh, freak it, I'll just do it myself. If, it, if the job's going to get done right, Got to do it myself. That was yep. my dad's battle cry. It and still is your dad's battle cry, and it's still my dad's battle cry. My dad just, <laughs> yeah. my dad's building cabinets, and he just sprayed my cabinets in my house. And I'm like, for how hard this guy works, you know what I'm saying? So he chose a vehicle that's non-scalable, right? Mm -hmm. If you're, if we're talking about vehicles, the vehicle of real estate has autopilot. The ve the vehicle of blue collar work or a lot of this other stuff is it doesn't have autopilot, okay? In, in fact, some of it, you feel like you're the uh, you're the Flintstones. You're freaking pushing it along with your feet. It sucks, okay? Um, yeah, I heard this last week, and my eight-year-old would like to rent out our utility trailer when we are not using it for our fix and flips. Yeah, it's good. The challenge is timing, you know, timing your um, rentals 
to meet up with when you're not using your trailer was really hard for me. We were using my trailer. I don't know if you knew this. We were using my trailer for like six or seven months. What happened? Here's what happened. I buy the trailer. I have a good buddy, Jeff Dumas. You know, Jeff Dumas. Yeah, yeah. So Jeff Dumas tells me, he's like, I'm making five grand a month on my trailer. And I'm like, that's really good money. Really? Are you being serious? You're making that kind of money? He's like, well, I've had a $5,000 month, but I'm really bringing in about $4,000. I'm like, dang, bro. Those trailers are like 12 grand. He's like, yeah, I got four of them. I'm like, wait, wait, you're telling me you're making 16 grand a month from basically from four trailers. He's like, well, I'm not there yet. One of my trailers is rented out all the time. And it's because not only do I post all the time, but I've built up return clients. And he's like, I've learned that 30% of my business comes from repeat clients, but I got to keep going out to, and finding the other 70%. So he goes out and gets another trailer, gets another trailer, gets another trailer, but he hasn't gotten to a point where all of his trailers are always rented out. But one of them is $4,000. And so I look at Asher and I'm like, dude, you're at, you're at $1,500 a month right now. You should be at $4,000 a month within three, four months. The problem is I buy the trailer. Anna calls me up. She goes, hey, um, can we borrow that trailer I just saw you buy on Instagram? And so Benny and the crew borrowed that trailer for nearly eight months. Actually, it sat at your house working on the house that you guys just renovated for your personal house. It sat at your driveway for like four months. I don't even know what they, it was, they weren't even using it. It was just like sitting. It was just like right. there. Right. I should have, I should have charged you $125 a day. That's when I didn't even learn that was your trailer until like, I think you were like, Hey, like what is my trailer ever coming back? I thought it was Benny's. I was like, what? Every time I went over to your house, like check in on the renovation of that property and like, just to see how well it was turning out. I looked at that trailer and I was like, that's $1,500 a month sitting here, like just chilling, you know? Oh my gosh. Anyway, so the tra I feel like the trailer business has, like if you really think about the cash on cash return, the profitability of a trailer. Stupid good. Bro, if you buy one for 12 grand, right? And let's say you is, do the- is it, is, it heavy, is it considered heavy equipment where you can get 100% yeah, right I got off? Yeah, I got 100%. Hmm. That's interesting. Cody's like, hmm, I might want to buy this. Well, you're going to have to have your, here's the thing. You're going to have to have a son. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's the problem with this. Okay. You have to have, go get a son. I have a 13 year old cousin. Oh, perfect. Um, or you guys can, you and Hiel can go, um, you know, what, what is that called? Uh, not donate. What, what's the word I'm looking for? Adopt. Adopt. <laughs> that's the word. That's the word. <laughs> That's that's the word. I'm sorry. So that twelve thousand five hundred. If you go the lazy Asher way, fifteen hundred dollars a month. What is that for the year? Fifteen thousand, eighteen thousand dollars. Yeah, and that's lazy. That's lazy. Jeff Dumas brings in forty eight thousand dollars a year on one of his trailers, on a twelve thousand five hundred dollar investment. So. What is that cash on cash return? 400%, 300 and something percent? Let's see. Let's do the math on this. 12,500 divided by 48,000. No, other way around. 48,000, sorry, divided by 12,500. 384% cash on cash return. Wow. Jackie just says, how big are these trailers? Jackie, we just showed you... Um, we actually went to Google and did a screen share, showed you exactly what kind of trailers. Okay. So, um, 48 grand, that's a killer return. I mean, even at Asher's return of 18,000, what is that? 18,000 divided by 12, five, your cash on cash return is 144%. Dude. Excellent. The, I would say the only thing that even comes close to this is real estate. Like you're in my on fix and flips cash on cash return is infinite because we're not putting any money in those. Yeah. Um, on buying holds for a, a lot of our, our sub two and seller finance deals, we weren't putting any of our own cash in those. Yeah. Um, so another infinite return, but even then like the appreciation on these properties keeps going up. Like I looked at Sonnet today, bro. I was like, you want what a great deal. Do you want to sell that or what do you want to do with it? How much equity do we have in that deal? It was like 250 grand. 
where the question is where are you going to you now you want to go buy 25 trailers is that what's going on <laughs> i don't know where, where I mean, do you put the capital roll it into 1031 it into something some other real estate deal and the thing is june the seller gave us such great terms on that deal mm -hmm. it's like why do you really want to get rid of that loan that's the hard challenge on that one because like, that one's zero percent, right? No, that one's at two percent, but it has a five-year balloon. It has a five-year balloon if it if it if it actually appraises, which it will, of course. Yeah. So two percent. That's the that's the challenge. Is it with the terms that we have at two percent interest? If we look at is the the uh, best use of capital there, or would that $250,000 be able to be used in something that would be able to generate a significantly better return? That's, that's the question mm. over time or rolling it into, I mean, whether it's a commercial building or whether it's rolling part of that, can you, and this is, this is a question I, I have for you Pace, on this, cause just on some of the multifamily stuff on can we roll that 250,000 into a deal that we also syndicate with a few other investors? No, no. Okay. Cause it has to be like for like. Okay. So we'd have to go single family to single family. Okay. Um, so that, that's, that is the challenge with, you know, making the disrupt, making the, you know, transition from single family to multifamily, which, you know, we're starting to, Yeah. is that you'll have a lot less things that you can 1031 into, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Here's here's how you make that. You want to hear how you um, break that barrier? I talked to a tenth and buy other stuff. That is hack number one. Hack number two is <laughs> what you do is you go buy kind of like Hobson, right? The the duplex we got on Hobson. Oh, I love that you, deal. You go buy Hobsons like that, like duplexes with land that is there. You can turn into a fourplex. You can roll your money into a duplex like Hobson. And then it's a single family, you know, like for like, you get the 1031 exchange into that deal. Yeah. You then can go convert that property into a multifamily deal by building on the same property. And yet now you've got multifamily that you can start now rolling over into multifamily. Mm. I like that. I did not, nobody taught me that. I just was like, how do we get around some of these single family 1031s? rolling into multifamily and that's the way i came up with it and i talked to an uh, intermediary and he's like that's genius do you mind if i tell that to my other clients i was like sure <laughs> um david sierra says someone is renting a dump trailer for 250 a day yeah it depends on where you're at guys it depends on where you're at phoenix is highly competitive so 75 to 125 dollars a day is actually very good um 125 is very good 75 a day is the lowest i've ever rented it for um, but if you're somewhere else in the country, you might be able to rent them for 250 bucks. You know, if you're in El Paso, it's probably dump trailers is how people, you know, move. They don't have U-Haul there. I, I don't, I don't know. So, um, great, great conversation. So, um, anyway, I, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to bounce. I think we wrap up tonight. I want to go hang out with Tony before she goes to bed. Cause I'm, I got to, unfortunately I have to fly to Orlando to speak at Los Los's event tomorrow morning. Mm -hmm. If I don't talk to her now, I won't see her for three days. So guys, we're going to wrap up Sunday service tonight. Um, we will see you Thursday. We're going to be talking about the perfect corporate structure. I'm paying for Alexis Morgan's um, entity setup. I'm going to show you guys exactly how an entity should be set up. Hint number one, don't do it yourself. Don't be a dummy and do it yourself, okay? Um, can you elaborate on how you set up this trailer storage? How is land designated by the county and city? S and H, I would venture to say that you overthink several things in your life. I'm very sorry to say that, but it's probably very true. Are you? Would you consider yourself an overthinker? Okay, um, I would be happy. Here's what I'll do is on a future episode of Sunday Service, I will bring Asher in and we will break down the business and just show you guys how to creatively make money. How about that? All right. Um, how about that? How about that? Catch me outside. Thursday, 4 p.m. We're going to show you guys on a Zoom how to set up a perfect company structure and I'll be paying for that for Alexis Morgan just to give back a little bit of money. All right.
Um, you guys are amazing. Cody, good luck in Costa Rica. Your girlfriend always does the right thing and make sure that you are um, creating a little bit of balance in your life. And she's always giving you activities. So you're not just a boring old white guy. You know what I'm saying? Yep. That's, that's exactly what she's trying to help me do. She's like, you have to do stuff in life. Besides she's just, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, guys, have a great night. See ya. Hey.